Good morning, everyone. Nobody panicked, right? You're like, oh, where's I'm still here. A lot of stuff going on this morning. Beautiful, wonderful things going on. Especially, I was taking care of some last-minute baptism things because we have baptism this morning. That's always exciting. It's, it's uh, wonderful to see God working in us and through us. And for people to make that commitment to, to say publicly, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. I put my faith in him and I understand what he's done for me at the cross of Calvary. And so we're taking care of some last minute uh, items there. But we are ready to go. Um, I have a couple of announcements. We'll try to keep them short. Let me take this off. Sounds like I'm out of breath. I actually am. I went up the four steps right there, and that did it. Let me share with you two things that are really, really important. I, I told you about the baptisms, and I just want to encourage you. If, uh, if you've never made that public declaration of your faith, why not? Uh, but there might be a good reason, and so I, I make myself available to you. Send me an email. Drop me a text. Call me. Let's get together. Let's maybe answer questions. Let's talk about... Uh, your walk with the Lord, and uh, some of you have done that, and so we're, we're having some baptisms today, most like in, in the English service towards the end, so right around 9.45, we would want, I would say 9.50, depending how long it takes you to change and get ready, right around 9.50, the, the, those of you that are getting baptized, if you would go to the prayer table right up the steps right here, past these double doors, uh, somebody will be there to kind of guide you. We are going to have the baptisms next door in our baptistry. Um, we'll see how that works. Uh, we would invite you as we finish here to, as many of you would like to join, uh, go next door. We'll spread out over there and witness these, these awesome baptisms. We are going to record them so that hopefully we should be able to include them uh, once we load up the services on YouTube. So the people that view the, the, um, the service on YouTube, the recording, will most likely, hopefully, we should be able to have the baptisms included in that. All right, so our, our live audience, which we welcome and thank you for joining us, won't be able to witness it today, but could always go back, usually by tomorrow, and, and watch the recording and see the baptisms. All right, one announcement, but it's huge, huge announcement. That is growth groups. So everybody looks really relaxed. We haven't had growth groups this month, but we're going to pick them up in May. That's in a couple of weeks. So... What I want to do is I want to lay out kind of like the vision. When, when you join us at Crosspoint, our desire is to help you grow in your faith, to get to know God and to get to enjoy him and serve him and know him. So we believe that growth groups is a really great option for you to be involved in a small community of maybe 12, 15 people uh, where you can hold each other accountable, encourage one another, help each other. Some amazing stories, some great things that happened in this past trimester one of needs being met, spiritual, economic, uh, every kind of need. And so that's the idea. You don't want to try to live your Christian life by yourself in isolation or just showing up on Sunday mornings and then hoping that, that, that God will do an awesome transforming work. He is doing that. But when we commit to growth in small groups, I think you are in for a treat in your relationship with God and seeing growth in your life. So... May 2nd will be the first Sunday of May, and that's the beginning of trimester two. So for those of you that meet on May 2nd, that'll be your first uh, session. There are some changes, and so uh, combined with that, I want to announce the fact that the books are available. The books that we're going to read are called The Keys to Spiritual 
Growth by John MacArthur. We have the books available. They're $13. That covers our cost. Uh, you'll see my sister Nancy uh, on that booth. There is an option to pay online. So if you go to our app and there's an option there where you can pay for the books. All right. So if you didn't bring cash, no worries. We would love for everybody to pick up their book today, uh, especially those of you that are going to meet Sunday or Monday early in the week so that you get a, a jump start on reading the chapter or chapters for week one. I'm super, I, I can't, I really cannot stress enough or, or uh, show you my joy and my excitement for, for this trimester two as we begin. One, because we have a lot of you that have signed up, over 100. Um, there's about, by now, over 10 new people that are going to be joining our growth groups. That should put us around 135. I think we're going to be close to 150. And if you look around, there's probably about 100 of you here now. So 150, that's the Spanish and the English group, committed to growing spiritually in a small community. That is really, really special. And so here's how it's going to work, because I really, I'm trying to sell this to you here, all right? You're going to come May 2nd, and I'm going to preach on the importance of the Bible in our spiritual growth. You're going to read chapters 1 and 10 in the book. They're really small, short chapters. In preparation for your growth group, you're going to show up to your growth group online or in person. Nancy has that information about when the scheduling of the groups, when they meet, how they meet, where they're going to meet, whether it's in person or in our live. Um, and, and then you're going to show up. Your growth group leaders are going to give a short lesson that parallels or complements my sermon and the reading that you've done. And then you're going to have a chance to discuss, ask questions, share your doubts, your findings, your successes, praise the Lord. Uh, and then after that, you're going to have prayer time and you have a chance for, for you to share a little bit about what God is doing in your life or what's going on and have, you know, a, about a dozen people praying for you, committed to praying for you. That's the whole idea. Commitment is a big word when we talk about growth group. And so our desire is to see everybody that comes to Crosspoint committed to growing spiritually. And what we're saying as a church, we believe that growth groups is a really good pathway for that. So please, if you're like even close to being, you know, convinced about doing it, please just sign up. Take that step of faith. I really want to highly encourage you to take that step and, and, and do it. Trimester two will be three months. They will fly. They'll be gone before you know it. And the investment that you could have made or will be making for that could, could yield some amazing, life-transforming results in your life that won't just bless you but your family your loved ones and everybody that you have you come in contact with so um, with as much emphasis as i can please sign up to a growth group um, we have groups meeting almost every day some online some in person uh, we're trying our best to meet as many as everyone's needs as possible okay so and then pick up your book today great wow I really am very excited about that, all right? Um, this morning, what I want to do is we're going to talk about spiritual growth. Uh, but before we do that, I want to take communion. We're going to look at 1 Peter 1.22 for our message, but for taking uh, communion, which I normally, here's where I would ask if you didn't pick up a little cup on your way in, raise your hand with me because I didn't get one either. So if, if Jason would be so kind as to... Oh, Thank you so much, my brother David. All right, just keep your hand up. And then eventually, we're all going to remember as you walk in, pick up one of these. 
and you'll be ready uh, to go for, to take communion. All right, just keep your hand up. We'll come around right now. So what I want to share with you is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19. And this is just for us to, to get prepared uh, to take communion and talk about what it is that it symbolizes and what it is that it represents uh, for us as believers. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. First Peter. So here Peter, the apostle, writes this letter to a group of believers that are under persecution. They've been dispersed. And he writes in this letter and he says, in verses 18 and 19, speaking about their salvation. Verse 18 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And that whole section is awesome. But I'll say, let me just mention a couple of things. Here's Peter reminding followers of Christ that are under persecution. And he says, uh, he was reminding them. He says, knowing that you were not redeemed or bought back from slavery and sin. He says, don't forget that one time you were slaves of sin and you were bought back. And he says, you were bought back at a high price. Not with gold or silver. You know, we, we make a big deal out of gold and silver and diamonds. These are precious, precious metals. And here Peter, and they were precious metals back then as well. But Peter says, now, the price that was required for your redemption wasn't paid with cheap stuff, gold and silver. He's making a comparison. He's saying he's using some of the most precious metals to get to convey the idea that even those precious metals are nothing compared to the value of the blood of Christ through which we were redeemed. It says that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition of your father. So he's speaking to primarily a group of, of Jewish believers and as you know, the, in the Jewish tradition, culture, especially then, their religion was inseparable from their culture. And Peter knew this well, and so did the other uh, apostles. And he says, look, you received that, that religion as a tradition from your parents. And many of us can identify with that, right? Many of us kind of grew up, and you identified yourself either with a denomination or a religion, and when asked why... When it came down to it, if you were sincere, you probably had to say, well, that's what my parents taught me, and that's what their parents taught them, and that's where I grew up, and that's why I'm this or that. But he says, you were redeemed from that. Because it's not about religion, it's about having a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we can only do that as sinners, forgiven by the blood of Christ. He says, but, so you weren't redeemed with perishable Items like silver, gold, he says, but with the precious, high value, with the very valuable blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so when we take communion, it's a very special thing. You know, we gather, we make Sunday a special day as we should, and we say, I don't work Sunday, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z on Sunday, I'm going to take this time to go to church, gather with other believers, and celebrate 
what Jesus Christ did for me at the cross. And what he did is he bought us back with his blood out of the slavery market because of sin. That's who we are. We are redeemed people, and we get to celebrate that. And so these elements are symbolic of that. This symbolizes the, the bread symbolizes the sinless body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which was crucified on our behalf. Let's take that together. The Jew symbolizes the precious, as Peter puts it, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the only thing that could wash away our sins so that we could have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. Let's take that together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this awesome privilege to gather as your children, as believers, as followers of our Lord Jesus Christ, and celebrate and remember what you sacrificed in sending your son, Jesus, our Lord. And Lord Jesus, we celebrate and remember your awesome sacrifice of giving up yourself in our place. And again, Holy Spirit, only because of you and through you are we able to understand and believe these wonderful biblical truths. We're grateful. We thank you. We ask for your guidance this morning. I thank you for everybody who's here. And as is in Jesus' wonderful and mighty name, amen. All right, beloved. Let's get to our message this morning entitled Spiritual Growth. And so what I'm doing right now is we're prepping uh, for trimester two. So trimester two is going to be all about spiritual growth. Growth groups are about committing ourselves to growing spiritually in a small community of believers And so I want to talk about spiritual growth, and then next week, Lord willing, May 2nd will be the first uh, week of May, trimester 2 officially begins, and I'm going to be preaching on the importance of the Word of God in our lives in order for us to grow spiritually, and then again, you'll be reading a couple of chapters from the book, and then in your first meeting with your growth group, you'll be discussing the importance of the Bible and God's Word, the Scriptures in, in your spiritual growth. Let me share a, a, a key verse with you, and that's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, talking about spiritual growth. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. A reoccurring theme in all scriptures is for us to get to know God. The Lord Jesus Christ himself said in, in his prayer to the Father, chapter 17, verse 3 of John, speaking to the Father, he says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. God's desire is for us to know him, and as we know him, that's where we find eternal life. Again, it's a relationship that he desires with us, not this repetition of activities or words or or things that are meaningless, and we could all relate to that. You know, God made us in his own image. We're all relational beings. And one of the things that we should enjoy most is relating with other people, having fellowship with others, you know, family members, you know, husband, wife, parents with children. Though enjoying those relationships is something that we crave and we're made for. And so here he says, but grow in the grace. This is an admonition. It's a command to grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
To him be glory both now and forever. And the other thing I mentioned about that verse, he says, to grow not just in knowledge, but in grace. And, and I would um, warn you against that. You know, we could very easily, as Bible believers, get into the word, which we should, but we get into the word and we read it and we, maybe we read the Bible backwards and forwards and, 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 and that's awesome that we're gaining knowledge of the word, but we have to be careful to make sure that that knowledge in our mind is translating into a transformed life, and that's in part what it means to grow in the grace of God, not just in knowledge. We don't want to be, you know, just knowledgeable. Uh, Paul warns against that, that too much knowledge would puff us up if we're not putting that into practice. The Word of God should humble us and transform us. Here's my main point this morning. Spiritual growth is how we are able to live for God's glory simple it is as we grow spiritually that we're able to live a life that will glorify God as long as we stay as babies or children spiritually it's hard for us to enjoy a lot of things that God made us for as we grow up physically as you know you know we're children you enjoy certain things but as you grow up and you mature you're able to relate to people in, in a much deeper and more significant way. And I go like this because uh, as, as children, you, you are egocentric. All of you were, right? We all were. If anybody has babies, little kids, you know what I'm talking about. Very needy. It's all about them and meeting their needs. But as you grow up, part of that maturing is now there's a, uh, a reciprocation of that love and that attention, that we all crave for as, as human beings. So spiritual growth is how we are able to live for God's glory. And thus, we should all be very concerned and very much looking forward to and making spiritual growth a priority in our lives. All right? So what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to share three points with you. And that is our spiritual growth is important because. Our spiritual growth is important because. I want to share three, three, uh, three points. I want to read from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. So just right around where we read this morning, but chapter 2, let me find it. All right. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22, and then we're going to go all the way over to chapter 2, verse 3. All right? So let me say it again. 1 Peter chapter 1, starting at verse 22, and we're going to end in chapter 2, verse 3. And let me read that to you. It says... Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit and sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now, this is the word which, by the gospel, was preached to you. And listen to this, chapter 2. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, is good. So, very interesting portion. We want to make some, uh, some points here. Uh, but in form of introduction, let me share a couple of things with you. Um, 
we all have distractions. We all have distractions. And as long as we're in this world, whether it's our flesh, whether it's the enemy, or whether it's the world, they're always competing for our attention. This is very important to understand. You know, we can call those our three enemies, the world, the enemy, and then even ourselves, our flesh. And I'm talking about as, as Christians. And all these three are always competing for your attention from a young age. You know, just think about what, what captures your attention, what fascinates you. Where do you spend most of your time? Where does your money go? Uh, where, do you, you know, where does your energy end up in? And all these things, and, and some of the things are good, some things are necessary, like work, maybe school, uh, you know, but where does God fall into all that? And we have to be super careful that we don't allow these things to, to distract us from the main point of focusing on following Jesus Christ and experiencing that spiritual growth. So I want to submit something to you. Now, this is obvious, but like I said, look, everybody has issues, everybody has problems, everybody has stresses, difficulties, and maybe sometimes some of us are experiencing such success in certain areas that are distracting us from our walk with the Lord and seeking and pursuing um, to be like Christ. And some of you feel like, I don't even know where to start, Mike, you have no idea. I don't even know where to begin. I have so many issues. I got financial issues, relational issues. I got issues with my husband or my wife, with my kids. That's out of control. Uh, Their schooling, my schooling, everybody's. We live in a pretty crazy society. I hope we understand that because if we don't realize it, then we're just going 100 miles an hour not even realizing it. So we all have these stresses and these things that ultimately are distracting us from us growing spiritually. And you may feel like you don't even know how to handle some of those or any of those. So I'd like to make a deal with you. Let's all start. Let's, let's work under the assumption that we're all relatively around the same place. And I understand some of you, by God's grace, are in a good place in your life, and that's good. You shouldn't feel bad about that. Praise God for that. But I would say we all need to, we all have things that distract us. And again, especially if you don't know where to start, we would love to work with you on this. And here's my, here's my uh, bid to you. Let's start in the one place that we, are, we know and we are sure that we yield the best results for our lives. And that is what the Lord Jesus Christ speaks about in chapter 6, verse 33 of Matthew. He says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And he's talking about food, clothing, sustainability, all the basic things of life. He's saying, hey, the world, the Gentiles seek after those things, and they're consumed by those things. And unfortunately, many times, even in the church, our lives are consumed by those things. There isn't a proper balance or perspective on these things. We worry about our looks. We worry about our sports. We worry about our finances. We worry about our studies. We worry about everything if you're not careful. And so rather than going crazy and trying to fix everything ourselves, and many times at the expense of neglecting our relationship with God, let's do this. Let's, let's put everything aside. Better yet, let's put all the things under the lordship of Christ 
and let's learn to sit at his feet. Just like Mary. Let's not be the Martha's, let's be Mary. There's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of things to stress about. But it's learn to put all those at the feet of Jesus and us draw near to him. And the best way that I can advise you to do that is, and the fact that you guys are here at church and you're watching online, that's, that's awesome. That is so encouraging to me that you're here because that's an awesome first step. But I don't want you to leave here after hearing a message and then continue on the next six days kind of going about your business, going back to worrying about things, going back to stressing over stuff, going back to whatever it is that we go back to or or go out and be fascinated by the things that we enjoy and maybe those are not necessarily godly things. So what I'm saying as a church is let's learn to sit at the feet of Jesus. And I really believe that if we commit ourselves to picking up that, and for some of you, it just takes, just pick up the book on your way out. Make sure we understand that the church is not making a penny out of this. We're just asking for you to refund that. And if that's an issue for you and your family, let us know. We'll gladly pay for the book for you and your family. And I say that sincerely. Pick up a book. Sign up to a growth group. And I say that because, and I'm taking time during the service because it's part of that. See, I'm not here to just give you a message or try to, I'm here to help you. I'm a shepherd. I'm a pastor. And, and, and my job is not to sound eloquent or entertain you. My job is to take care of you, to provide for you spiritually, and to guide you. And I'm telling you, pick up the book, sign up to a group, commit yourself. Especially, I'm speaking to you if you're thinking like, I don't know about that. Or maybe you're thinking, I've, I've tried that before. I don't know. I, I, I don't know that it'll be the, all that. Just borrow some faith from what you're hearing from me if you're lacking that this morning. Borrow that faith. Take a step of faith and do something. Because ultimately, you know, if you keep doing the same thing, you'll get the same results. And you're never going to change unless you change something about your life. And I, the best way I know to change is to put my trust in Christ, fix my eyes on him, and follow him. And you might be tempted to say or think, as we all are, yeah, but what about my finances? They need attention. What about my children? What about my marriage? What about my career? What about my fill-in-the-blank? And I would would direct you back to Matthew 6.33. The Lord himself saying, seek me first. Seek my kingdom, seek my righteousness. And if you read that chapter, he's literally talking about everything else will be added or provided for you. God is saying, you spend time with me and I will take care of the rest. The question is simple. Do you believe him? That's it. That's all it comes down to every time. Do we have enough faith to trust him? Do we know him enough to let go of that steering wheel, that false sense of control that you got going on, and just let him take over. And many times you're like, but I don't know where to start. I just told you where to start, so you can't use that one anymore. You're here at church. You're already on your way. Pick up a book. Sign up with the group. You have a, a, an awesome couple as group leaders that they have, been, they have committed themselves to invest in your life. And don't look for a perfect 
leader, don't look for a perfect group, don't look for a perfect anything, just focus on him. We wanna help you with that. That's my introduction. Woo. All right. So let's talk about spiritual growth. And, and we're going to stay here on this, on this portion. I'm going to share a couple of verses with you. But listen, our spiritual growth is important because point number one, it's natural to the new life from God. Spiritual growth is natural to the new life that comes from God. The reason why I want to stress that, and I want to be as plain, as simple as possible. If we're not experiencing growth, it's one of three things. I'm sure you could include a lot more things. But the first one that I would submit to you, if you're not growing, you may not be spiritually alive. Now, that's something that you probably don't hear too many pastors talking about. And I don't want you to question your salvation unnecessarily. But if you're stuck and you analyze your life, you realize, man, I don't really, I mean, I know, the, I know how to speak Christianese really good. And I know how to go to church and say, like, yeah, everything's fine. Praise the Lord. But in, in your heart, you haven't seen growth. You haven't seen change. You haven't seen a transformation or conversion. You should ask yourself, Lord yourself and talk to the Lord and say, Lord, am I yours? Does your Holy Spirit reside in me? And if he does, why am I not seeing this growth? So it may be that you are, in fact, not a Christian. And whatever label you put on yourself, you know, I was telling people this week for some reason, you know, for, for a long time, we always lived with other people. And my oldest brother and I shared half of a converted garage growing up. But guess what? That didn't make me a car. Just I slept in a garage. Or just because you come to church doesn't make you anything except a church goer. And if you read the Bible, that doesn't make you a Christian. It's only if you've been born again. And if you're born again, then you have a new life, and this new life will naturally grow. Now, the second reason why you may not be experiencing growth is you're just undisciplined. Or you're worldly, meaning you're trying to live the Christian life, but you don't want to let go of the world. And so you, you want to be a follower of Christ, but you're really following the trends of this world. And, and then you wonder, why am I not growing? You know, I'm reading the Bible, and I'm going to church, and I'm serving here and doing that, but I'm not growing. And, and I'm just telling you what it says here. So it's natural for the new life from God to grow. Your life, you grow. If you're not growing, you might be sick. And that sickness may be you're just worldly. You're, you're in sin. You're not willing to let go of these things that are holding you back. And so you can't grow. You can't follow Christ when you're stuck and bound to this world. And so you need to take care of that. Or you're just not reading your Bible. You're not spending time in prayer. You're not meditating in the Word. You're not memorizing it. You're not sharing it. You're not doing all these things that a Christian should be involved in doing. Let's leave it at that. Our spiritual growth is important because it's natural to the new life from God. And when you see people, you've seen people growing, right? At church, maybe somebody new comes around, and then boom, before you know it, they're talking about the word, and they're just changing and being transformed. 
And unfortunately, sometimes even in the church, that is the, that's like an oddball. I look at that person. Wow, you know, the Lord's really doing a work on him. Well, that should be the norm. That really should be the norm. And I, that excites me so much to know that this mic right now, if the Lord gives me life here this on, on earth, I desire to be transformed and be more like him. And that is exciting to me. That I could live a life to please him in anticipation to spending eternity with him. That's a blessing. And, and, and the idea that he can use me to, to impact other people's lives for all eternity, that excites me. Let me read to you what it says in Ephesians. Let me read a couple of verses to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 and 15 through 15. It says, Paul speaking about using our gifts, and it says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man. That's God's desire for you, to be a perfect man, person, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's what it is to mature and be Christ-like, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things to him who is ahead, Christ. He is the standard. He is the goal. And we push forward towards that prize. Too much to say about that, so let me skip that. So our spiritual growth is important because it's natural to the life that comes from God. First uh, Peter 2.2, 2, as we read, it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. What is more natural to a baby than to cry for milk and food? You know, as a parent, they start crying. It's like, oh, I wonder what he's crying about. I don't know. No idea. Just feed him already, right? Like, feed him and you'll see. I was talking to uh, one of our young couples here at church during the week, and he's like, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, our baby is, is wanting to be fed every two hours at night. I'm like, yeah, I remember those fun days. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. Right? Every, see, Jackie, every two hours. I'm just kidding. Our, our expecting moms here. Uh, it's not always like that, but some of you guys are pros already. Our spiritual growth is also important, not just because it's natural to the new life from God, but it is what pleases God, and that's why it should be important to us. We can live a life here on earth that pleases God. I know many of you, some of us, have this idea that no matter what we do, we can never please God. In our mind, we're probably thinking, you know, God is up there just always constantly upset. We can never meet his expectations. And many times we get that from our earthly dads. And I'm so guilty of that. Let me apologize to my kids. Where are they? Sorry, kids. I, I tend to be critical, you know, and, and, you know, clean your room. And they spend an hour cleaning the room. And then I go in there. It's like, huh, what about that one sock right there? I see it. Instead of, like, praising them for everything that they did, you look at the one sock that they forgot. Got really quiet because that's how you are too. I know you are. All right. Or maybe it's just me. But sometimes whatever we experience from our earthly dad or parents or, or authority figure in our lives, we attribute that to God. And we think he's this mean person that's just out there looking at every single bad thing you do. And he's aware of those things, but he's also aware of the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin, beloved. Man, we stand in front of God clothed in Christ's righteousness. And so he's not this 
mean joy killer just always displeased with you. He sees Christ in you. And in this life, we could live in a way that brings honor and glory to him. And that's what we want for everybody. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 through 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. That's spiritual growth. We're being transformed into the same image from God to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 says, But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. God's desire is to, uh, for us to be like him. And he's pleased in that when we walk in his ways. And he knows our shortcomings. He knows our struggles. But he loves us. And he loves us so much that he doesn't want us to stay there. So our spiritual growth is important because it's natural to the new life from God. It is what pleases God. And let me finish up by saying this third point. It is how we enjoy our relationship with God. As long as we're babies, it's difficult. Just think about the analogy with with physical babies, right? I mean, you love your children, and babies are beautiful. All of them. And you look at them, it's like, ah. But try having a conversation with them. Or have them meet your needs. Hey, can you help me with this bill? <laughs> what? They just take. And God wants us to mature, to grow up, to no longer be children. And as we grow up and have a better understanding of who he is and who we are, we're better able to relate to him and enjoy him. First Peter 2.3, what we read says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. And another version will say, since you have tasted that the Lord is good. How many of you guys like food? Stop lying. Okay. I'm not even going to tell you about the diet that got me going on right here. <laughs> One meal a day, never before in my life. But anyway, that's a different story for a different time. Um, I enjoy food. You know, Some of us have forgotten this. God created us that we would enjoy him and everything that he has created. We get to enjoy things. And sometimes we get bogged down with all these, again, stresses, difficulties, and we just feel like, what is this? Instead of being able to enjoy everything. And in Christ, we can find joy in every situation. James says, count it all joy, even when you find yourselves in various trials. So God doesn't promise us a perfect life by our standards, but he does promise his presence and his power so that even in the midst of trials and storms in life, we can experience peace and joy. So he wants us to enjoy our relationship with God. As we mature, we get to enjoy our relationship with God. And I'm sure that most of you that have been in the faith you know, for, for some time, I, believe, I, I hope it has been your experience that as you mature spiritually, you more and more learn to enjoy your relationship with God. Remember, you used to read the Bible because your parents told you. Or you spend time in prayer because, you know, I can't eat the food if I don't pray for it. And then, hopefully, we've gotten to the place where we enjoy reading the Bible. We look forward to spending time with Him. We look forward to spending time in prayer. That's, that's, that's how you know you're maturing when you, you learn to enjoy your relationship with him. It doesn't become this list of to-do things. 
Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, very well-known verse, but I was reading this, and this came to mind in relation to this, the fact that we get to enjoy him. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Beloved, who gives gifts? Who gives gifts? People that love you, people that care for you, people that want to, you, for you to enjoy something. You know, when you get a gift, you should be able to open it and say, like, oh, how did you know I really like this? You don't want to open up because you're like, oh, what's this for? I don't even know what this is. Oh, that happens sometimes. But if I'm going to give somebody a gift, I try to give somebody a gift that they'll enjoy. You know, a little Krispy Kreme donut uh, gift card. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, yes. little in and out card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I care about you, I'm going to give you something that I hope you will enjoy. And you look at the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What are we going to do in heaven, beloved? Don't think you're going to be in a harp sitting in a cloud forever. That sounds boring. We're going to, you know what we're going to do in heaven? We're going to get to enjoy God forever. What does that look like? I don't know, but you can't even imagine it. That's how awesome it's going to be. Let's wrap it up right there. All that happens when we begin to invest in our relationship with him and we seek him first and we are committed to growing spiritually. That's what Crosspoint invites you to join us in as we all strive to grow spiritually and learn to enjoy God better and people will be blessed through and by your life. Let's pray. Uh, Christy and David are here as our prayer couple. I invite you to come and talk to them if you have questions about baptism, if you have questions about growth groups, if, if you just have something in your heart you want to share, wonderful couple that can share and, and, and pray with you and for you, uh, get to know them. They'll be up here, but we'll pray, and then hopefully, in my mind, we all just kind of very orderly, physically distance, go all the way to the other building where there is at least one person ready to be baptized and declare publicly his, his confession of faith. What a beautiful thing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful morning and this awesome time together. We praise you. We thank you. We have no words to express our gratitude, Father. It's amazing. The invitation that you make, come to me, all you who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Help us to rest in your promises, in your character, in what in the finished work of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters. I especially pray for those who are being baptized today. Please watch over them, protect them, guide them, and, and bless our church, Father. Please continue to bring people that we can disciple, encourage to grow spiritually and get to know you better. We ask that you would dismiss us with your blessing. We pray in the beautiful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.